0: There is a prayer meeting tonight in Clovis at the Legacy Church at 6 o'clock for a prayer meeting for Ukraine. We, we also have a point right here at 6 o'clock, but if you're not a part of point, you may want to join us in the prayer meeting. Alright, chance to learn Amen. Thanks, Prime. It has been for sure a heavy week, right? We see in the news and a lot of us, you know, have have been experiencing loss this week and different things going on and it makes it hard for you know sermon prep I think that when there's a lot going on you know it just feels heavy doesn't it It feels really heavy and you know I was praying and I was like God what what do you want to say in all of this you know because as we're doing sermon prep we don't want to just tell you what's in the passage we're like praying God what do you want to say to the people you know and and I was like, God, I need something, you know, because I was having kind of a hard time at the beginning. And I started praying, and I was, I was doing my studies and different things. And I started looking on the internet. I was like, you know, look, I want to look at passages, and I have questions and different things. And I knew, see, people say Jesus doesn't have a sense of humor. I think he does. I was Googling, and all of a sudden, I was looking at this, you know, really deep part of this message. And I, I put, you know, like, I will follow you. And then this was the image that came up at the beginning. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And he was like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny. You guys see this and you're like, "Tennis, this is the weirdest thing ever. But I'm telling you, Jesus used the weirdest things in my life. And so he's basically saying, don't worry, I got this. Relax, It's going to be fine. And so I was like, Jesus, if this is the start of the message, it's going to be a great one today. So uh, so we're going to get into this. Um, you'll see this picture a little bit later. Um, for those of you that have Bibles with you, you can Google it. You can get on your, your phone app, whatever you've got. We'll also put it up here. Uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 9. Uh, we're going to start in verses 23 to 26. Then we're going to skip on down uh, and then get into verses 57 to 6 sixty two. So let's go ahead and take a look at these first three. So Luke nine, twenty-three to twenty-six. I'll go ahead and read it. You can follow along uh, in your Bibles. Uh, it says this, and this is New International. Uh, then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save your life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. We're going to skip on down verses 57 to 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. So those are our passages today, you know, just something nice and light, uh, you know, for today, uh, you know, and so I was reading through these things and I was, I really like, I prayed through this and I'm like, God, let's, let's do something good with this. And he said, you know, all of these passages are really summed up in one verse and it's very rare that I do this. Usually I'll go through verse by verse and little bit by little bit, but what we're going to do is we're literally going to take one verse And we're just going to break it up and spend our whole time in this one verse. So we're going to look at this. It's verse 23. And this is what it says. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. So what we're going to do is we're going to really break down discipleship, what it means to deny ourselves, what it really means daily and this idea of when Jesus asks us to follow me Of what that actually means and what that costs us uh, Because that's what the whole passage is about, right? He's like, you know, you can't say yes and then don't do it You can't do this and then be that And so we want to look at that because You know, one of the things about this year that has changed for me Is that I was a youth pastor, what, like 18 months ago And now I'm a youth and discipleship pastor You know, so I had all these things that I was doing with youth And now I get to do them with adults And so that means now all of you have the opportunity Opportunity to hear all this good stuff which is so good this is, I'm, I'm thrilled about it i don't know if you're as excited but i'm very excited about this uh because i'm all about discipleship and so in order to be the discipleship pastor i should know what discipleship's about right right come on right yes yeah, good morning me too and so what we want to do is we want to look at that and so let's get into it so what is a disciple and do i want to be one Because here's the thing about being a disciple of Jesus. Jesus never forces anybody to do it. It's always a choice. Jesus doesn't say, you have to do this. He says, if you want to be, right? And so you get to choose this. There's no one that can choose this for you. And this is with adults. This is with youth. This is with kids. This is anyone. No one can tell you, you have to be a disciple of Jesus. You are the only one that can make that decision. No one says it has to be this way or that way. Jesus even says you have to want to be it. So first of all, if any of you are forcing your children to be disciples of Jesus, stop that right now. Tell them Jesus wants you. Tell them who he is, but they have to make the decision. You can't make that for them. And so Jesus is asking if you want to be a disciple. And so then we go, well, what does it even mean to be a disciple of Jesus, right? I went to, you know, we go to these pastor's conferences. I say that like pastor's conferences, but I'm like, you get one, Brian. I'll go to one a year. Go to one a year. And so I went to this conference, and they sit us in this room, and they go, what is a disciple? And, you know, none of us want to have the wrong answer because it feels, you know, you're a pastor, and you feel like you got to have all the right answers, right? And so... We're we're in this room, and so we have this, like, f- this huge long paper of answers because all of us are afraid we're going to get it wrong. And so we just start throwing out everything we can think of. Loving, love Jesus, read the Word. We're just, you know, so we didn't miss anything because that's embarrassing, right? You don't want to be a pastor that misses this. You know, so we're writing all this stuff down, and, and then we kind of get through the end. And then, you know, the guy's looking at us, and he's like, these are all great answers. And then after seriously, like, 20 minutes of us being like, let's not get the wrong answer, It's a really simple thing. (laughs) And so, the answer is, who is a disciple of Jesus? Someone who loves Jesus and follows his teaching and commands. Man, I was so afraid we were gonna get the wrong answer, and like, it was, it's so simple, right? We think, we make something so complicated, is to be a disciple of Jesus is someone who loves Jesus and follows his teaching and commands. We think about the first twelve, right? And part of being loving Jesus is to have a relationship with Jesus, right? Which literally means that we're spending time with him, we're hanging out with him, and as we get to know him, we become like him. You know, I don't know if you guys have, like, certain quirky family cultures. You know, everybody's like, some of you guys, I know which family your kids came from because I see it in you guys. So, you know, we get junior high and high school, and I was like, oh, that's a knock to go. You know, or it's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. We love you. You know, or, or there's a brown. There's another brown. There's another brown. You know, like, we know because we have these family cultures is, is that the family has parts of themselves that kind of you just rub off on each other it's kind of weird but it's also really fun you know and so that's the same with being disciples of jesus is we spend enough time with jesus that we get this culture that becomes a part of us too and so when it's someone who loves jesus and follows his teaching and commands is that we're spending enough time with jesus that we kind of got that rubbing off on us a little bit right and there has to be two parts of this. You know, I think people are, are usually better at one or the other. Some people are so good about the teaching and commands. You know, they're, they're at church on Sundays. They're at church on Wednesdays. They've done their Bible study every day. They show up for fun. on. We don't even have program. They just show up on Thursday for the extra points. Like I'm like, good job, everyone. You know, and so they're there because they're checking their boxes. And so they're like, I'm really good at the teaching and commands of like go and serve in these different things. But sometimes they lose the relationship. They get so stuck in doing the practices of Christianity that they forget that it's all about the relationship with Jesus, right? And then there's other of us that just like, man, I just want to spend time with Jesus. I want to worship. I just want to pray all the time. I just want to sit. I want to hear from him. And we do that and we spend this time. But sometimes we get so enthralled in that that we forget that there's hard things that Jesus is asking us to do. It's not just about spending time with Jesus just ourselves and just being there and, you know, like cuddle Jesus time. Although the relationship with Jesus is so beautiful and so sweet, and I would love to sit in Jesus' presence, but he's like, I need you to go out and do stuff. It's not just for you, it's for everybody. And I need you to go and do things. And so we have to put these two things together to be a disciple. We have to spend time with Jesus and just enjoy our time with him and listen to him and and worship and pray and do all of these things And then we have to be willing to to now go out and do all the things that he wants us to do Right. We have to do both things to be a disciple of jesus And so we have to decide again. It's not just who is a disciple, but do I want to be a disciple? Do I want to do this? Because again, no one can force you you have to choose it And so I started to think about the characteristics of a disciple. What is it, you know, for me to be a disciple of Jesus, who is that going to make me? What am I going to become? And so I started thinking about this and I started going through the Bible in different places where looking at the disciples, looking at different passages. And so I came up with a a list here. And this is just, (laughs) this really is a small list compared to what we could say. But it's, it's things like this, loving towards ourselves and others has joy in their life, has a sense of peace, patient with themselves and others, kind to people, gentle to others, has self-control. They read the Bible, they worship, they pray, they help those that are in need. This seems like a great person, right? This is somebody I would want to spend time with. You know, and you guys, I cheated a little bit because most of this is Galatians 5.22, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruits of the Spirit. So it's a little bit of a cheat, but if you cheat from the Bible, I feel like it's okay. You know what I'm saying? You can't lose on that. So Jesus already tells us, this is the kind of people I want you to be. I want you to be loving. I want you to be joyful. I want you to have peace. I want you to care about people. And so we look at this, and this is definitely, I think most of us in here would be like, that is exactly who I want to be. And some of us might even be like, oh, yeah, I'm good at some of those things, you know? And, And I'm good at, you know, like, I love people. Like, I am so excited I get to spend time with you right now. I get to teach, which is one of my favorite things, and I get to hang out with you guys. I feel like I'm winning all the way around. This is a great morning for me because I'm living in the gift that God has given me, and I get to hang out with you guys. I'm winning all the way around. And so this characteristic of being a disciple, of having love and joy, I'm expressing that right now. I'm feeling that. I'm experiencing that with Jesus. And that's who we want to be. And we look at this and we're like, yes, I totally want that. I totally want to be a disciple of Jesus. If this is what it's about, I am in. But it's, it's hard because it's not just the good benefits, right? You want to be a disciple of Jesus, that's awesome. And God wants to do all of these things for you and with you. But there is a cost. There's always a cost of discipleship. It's not just something that we walk into and say, this is just going to be easy, this is just what I want, and it doesn't cost anything. God says it does cost to be a disciple. And so I want to look at, like, what the cost is. But I think that we need to understand cost before we get into that. So let's let's look at some of these examples. (laughs) Literally, the first thing I thought of was the gas costs because I remember I grew up in Vicellian and Porterville, And I was driving when I was in Porterville and there was one gas station in the scariest part of town, like the scariest, but it was only 99 cents a gallon. And I was like, I don't care what I need to do. I've got like my bat in my front seat, but I'm going to get my 99 cent gas. And so I remember like driving over there, like filling up my car super fast, you know, like one hand on the bat, just kind of like watching around, filling up the tank, closing everything and then driving away. Cause I was like 99 cents. What a deal. You know, I was so excited. And then like, I think it was last week I stopped at some random gas station cause I was in a hurry and it was 4.85. And I literally just, like, I had a 20, and I was just like, well, that's enough to get to church and to go to Arby's. So, and I can't even buy Arby's because I just bought gas, you know what I'm saying? So so the cost has gone up, you know? It used to be a dollar, and now it's five. The cost of what it was before, it was less than it is now. It's costing me so much more to do some of the same things. And that's how cost is. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. You know, another prime example of this is bacon. I don't know if you guys have noticed this pre pandemic. $599. I could have bacon every Saturday morning. One pound, cooked up, ready to go. So excited. Best part of my Saturday. Loved it. Every week, bacon. Sunday twice, if you can. Is that I love bacon. I love bacon. And then I went to the store and it was like ten bucks a pound for bacon. And I was like, I can either have a steak or I can have bacon. I was like, what is going on here? Like ground beef, I can't even afford ground beef right now. I'm just like, what is happening? You know, what has the world come to that we can't have our bacon on Saturday morning? This is really, this is intense stuff right now, guys. And so the cost has gone up. You know, it's the same thing, but my cost is greater than it used to be. And not only that, but costs for different people are going to be different. You know, we think about the cost of discipleship. You know, the cost of discipleship in the global church, Some, for some people, it's their lives. You know, to become a disciple of Jesus literally means that you will be shunned by your family and you could be killed. For them, that is the cost of discipleship. For us in America, we don't have that same fear, do we? You know, I'm not afraid that Brian's going to come up and like tackle me to the ground and like take me out somewhere uh, because I said something wrong. You know, like I can run. You know, no, just kidding. You know, like, he's not gonna do that. I'm pretty safe sharing with you the things that I believe about Jesus. I don't have bodily fear right now that something is going to happen to me. Now, it might, of course, always, but I don't, I don't feel that. I don't feel like I'm, I'm in danger. So my cost of discipleship isn't my life. My cost of discipleship is going to be different. Does that make my discipleship less worthy or less valuable to Jesus? Of course not. But my cost is not the same as somebody else. And so we have to look at, well, what are the the type of costs that I have in my life? And hopefully some of these things will apply to you. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. Cost number one, denying ourselves. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to deny yourselves. And this is not one of those things. A lot of people read this passage and they're like, oh, that means I I shouldn't be rich and I shouldn't have nice things and all these different things. I was like, that is not at all what the passage is saying. If God is giving you money, use it. Go do great things for Jesus with your money. You know, like if you've, if you've got any kind of extra anything, give it to people, love people, use it for Jesus. That's not what this passage is talking about. But literally denying ourselves is what is happening inside of us. And I feel like this is harder. Because this is what he's, he's saying, is that you have to deny the rights that you would naturally have as a human. So a lot of times, you know, like, I've seen this a lot in the last two years. Our need to be right. Right? Oh, man, this one's hard. You know, especially when you know you're right. Like, you're like, I know I'm right right now. <laughs> Everybody's like, I know, I am right. I'm like, yeah, you are. Okay. Uh, you know, or, or the right to hold a grudge. Someone has harmed you. Someone has hurt you. Someone has said something that has made you angry. This desire to hold on to that, to withhold forgiveness uh, in relationships or even with yourself. Uh, to hold on to resentment for something that has happened to you or happened around you or happened in the world, uh, to feed this idea of self-pity, oh, poor me, poor me, or this, this growing of bitterness that happens inside of us. These are the things that Jesus is saying, I need you to let go. I need you to let go. Because when we look at that list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control doesn't really fit in with this, does it? So the cost of discipleship is literally being willing to allow God to change who you are. I'm going to let go of my right to be right. I'm going to in humility recognize that I could be wrong, and even if I'm right, it's not worth breaking a relationship. It's not worth harming someone else, Right? It's okay to have a discussion, but it's not okay to to demean someone because you guys are on different sides. That's just true. So the cost of discipleship, one of them is denying ourselves these things. And you probably have your own list. Everybody's got their own. You know, what are the things in your life that you need to let go of because they don't match up with the fruit of the Spirit? Because God is saying, I want you to be these things. Anything that doesn't align with that, that's what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you those things, and that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. The other thing that it costs us is time and convenience. That second part of the passage is we're looking at those guys that are on the road. All of them said, right, I will follow you. I will follow you. You know, they had these great expressions, and I can I can feel it when they're saying it like, I will follow you. You know, like they were pretty excited about it. But, um, but they, they chose not to. And and we, we look at this is that when it says, follow me in verse 23, Jesus is telling his disciples in Matthew, we see that same words, right? Those are parallels. Jesus is calling the disciples of saying, come follow me. And what do we see right in the next verse? They said, at once they left and followed him, right? The disciples, these guys are the coolest. Because literally they're like fishing. They're in the middle of work. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I get in work mode. You know, like I come down here, I am, I, I don't know if you know, I talk a lot. So I come down here, I spend at least 20 minutes catching up with everybody in the office. It is my favorite part of my day. I check in, how's everybody doing? I grab my cup of coffee, eat the snacks, hang out, and then I come upstairs. But once I get upstairs, I'm like in work mode. You know, like this week I was like, I got poema, I got a sermon, I got this going on, I'm setting up for small groups, I'm going on a sabbatical, I had my list of things, and I just went into my bubble. I'm like, I am in work mode. You know, and Jesus is trying to talk to me, I'm like, I'm busy, I'm, bu- I'm in work mode, Lord. I, I, did you see? I'm in work mode. Hold on, Jesus, hold on, you know, and, I'm, and I don't want to let go of that, because I have things that I want to get done. I have an agenda of things that are mine. And Jesus is saying, you have to let go of all of that. It's not about, this is a convenient time. This is a comfortable time for me to talk to you. He says, I need you to do things now because they're time sensitive. How many of you guys have ever had you say, I need you to go talk to someone. And you're like, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it never happened. Uh, you know, I, I need to send a text because this happened to this person. I'll do it tomorrow. Never happens. My favorite. This is my favorite. I'll pray for you. Come on. Maybe 50% of the time, right? We forget so easily. You had every intention of praying for them, but then as soon as you left church, as soon as you went to your next thing, you forgot. And then you, my favorite, and then people will write, thanks for your prayers, and you're like, you feel so guilty, like, I forgot. And then you pray after thinking it'll go retro, you know, God, you knew that I was going to pray for you. So let's just put that back. You knew, you know, you're trying to justify it. God, you are the God of all ages. You are out of time. You knew I was going to pray. Come on. I am not the only one. I am not the only one. Or maybe I am, but Lord, forgive me, you know? So when I say I'm going to do something, it has to happen right then. When Jesus is saying, come and follow me, it has to be at once. Now, not when it's convenient, not when you're ready, not when it's on your time. If Jesus is saying something, do it now. That is the cost, time and convenience. And we are all about that in the United States, and, and we have to stop. Because Jesus is saying, come and follow me. And if we are disciples, it has to be at once. I'm a disciple of Jesus at once. It's time. It's time. And so that's when the picture comes in. So this was, come follow me. So And there's a psychological trick here. They said, give somebody an image and a concept. So now whenever you see your cat, or you see a mugshot, however you want to take this, I want you to remember Jesus. (laughs) It's such a good one, especially with the mugshots. Remember the Lord is that he's saying, I will follow you wherever you go. Come follow me. So I'm just going to leave this for you for a second, get a good visual there, connect that with Jesus, and I hope you had a good time with that, because for me, that's exactly what I needed this week. So we get into that second part of the passage. We have these three guys. I will follow you. They're so excited. I will follow you wherever you go. Isn't that like the best Christian shirt? I couldn't find it, so I made it. This is on customink.com. No, I'm not selling these, so don't ask me, um, because I'm not a designer. But I was like, "That's, that's such a perfect Christian shirt. You know, like, it's right along with, like, the Jeremiah passages and, you know, John 3.16. I will follow you wherever you go. You know, and we wear that out, and we're so excited about our Christian gear, you know? You know, we got the hats. We'll get the bumper stickers, mugs. We got it. We'll get all the swag. You know, but this is such a Christian thing. But the problem is, is we have to make sure that our words are matching our actions. It's so easy to say, I'll follow you wherever you go. It's so easy to say, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple of Jesus without really living in the way um, that is discipleship. That is costing us stuff, that we're allowing ourselves to be changed and going, which Jesus says. Because every time one of them says, I will follow you, all of them had an excuse to say no. I'm going to go bury my father. I need to go say goodbye. You know, all of these things, and they seem like great things, and they are important things. But when Jesus asks us to do things, he is the priority. He has to be first above everything, including our family, including ourselves. If Jesus asks something of you... Go and do it at once, at once, because this is oftentimes the back of our shirt isn 't it? We have this great front, I will follow you wherever you go, and then the back is like after I feel like it, I feel like that 's so many of our shirts isn 't it? After I feel like it, when you know tomorrow 's a better time, I only do ministry between the hours of eight and five actually i don 't I do them all the time, but it, how how often do we set those those parameters? You know, I have lunch between 12 and 1, Lord. That is a great time for me. You know, break in an hour. You know, we need to stop setting parameters on discipleship and on Jesus. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, it has to be now and it has to cost. Because it does. But it's worth it. And so we look at that second part of the passage and we say, Jesus, yes, yes, I will. I will follow you. And that takes us back to where we started, doesn't it? One verse. All of that was one verse. Crazy. And I could have gone way longer, but we are running out of time. That's one verse. Whoever wants to be my disciple, the person that loves and follows Jesus, must deny themselves, let go of things that are keeping them from Jesus that are keeping them from from being filled with the fruit of the Spirit, that are keeping them from letting go, from being forgiving, from being loving. Take up their cross daily. This is something that you are going to struggle with every day of your life. Every day. So it's not that one big prayer. It's not that one big decision to follow Jesus. This is every single day. For me, hourly. (laughs) Jesus, please take that from me. Amen. Like, I feel that all the time. Jesus, help me right now. Help me right now. And it's okay, because he said it's going to be daily. And follow me. That's me making a commitment that, God, when you ask me to do something, I will do it right then. That's discipleship. Man, how hard is that? And how easy is that? Jesus, do what you do, and I'm going to let you do it. Do it in my life. Now there's a lot of people in here and, and all of you have different stories. People online have different stories. Maybe you've never ever heard about discipleship of Jesus and you're like, I want to do that. Then I want to give you an opportunity right now. We're going to pray. You can pray with me and, and that can be you. You can choose to do that right now. Maybe something I said that you've, you followed Jesus since you were like three. You threw the pine cone in. You did all the, all the stuff. But something in here, you're like, God, I have not given that up for you. I've not allowed you to work in this area of my life. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you too. Because you know what? All of us need to give up something more. All of us are, are working on an area of our life because we're people. Failing is not bad. Jesus says, you're not perfect. That's why I'm here for you, is I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go, right? Literally, wherever you go. So let's pray real quick. I'm going to pray two prayers. The first one is for those that have never accepted Jesus, and you're like, man, I want to do that. And the second is for the rest of us that are like, God, I feel like as you were speaking, and, and not hopefully Holy Spirit, not me, something came up in your mind, and you're like, Jesus, I want to give that to you. I want to give that to you. So let's go ahead and take a minute to pray for that. Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, that is, there's so much in one little verse. So, God, for all of us, God, that that heard this and and maybe have never made that commitment to you, Jesus, God, right now we say, God, I want to follow you. God, I want you to lead and guide my life. God, I want you to make me into this disciple of Christ that loves and has joy and has peace and follows you in in the ways that you go. And, God, I know that I am imperfect and haven't done that. God, forgive me. And thank you for the cross and your death and resurrection so that I could be forgiven. God, thank you for for doing that for me. And God, I receive that. God, that I am loved and I am wanted. And God, that's all it takes. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And for all of us that are struggling, that there's something in here that we, that we have wanted to be a disciple, but we never took on a cost of allowing ourselves to be changed in the people that are loving and forgiving and caring, that are about other people, God, that if there's unforgiveness, that maybe we haven't forgiven ourselves for something. God, we're holding a grudge, whatever it is, God, that, that you are saying that's part of the cost of being my disciple, is to allow yourself to be renewed. So for all of us, God, and I just pray your Holy Spirit would go and speak to every single person that's hearing this. God, that you know what we need to hear. I trust that. So, God, bring to their minds the thing that you are asking of them. And for us, God, we pray, God, take that thing. God, renew my heart, renew my spirit, renew my mind. God, let me be a disciple of you, Jesus. I want to reflect you. I want to have your family culture. God, I love you so much. God, we just pray these things in your name. Amen.